Hi everyone, this is DPO427, and with me I have... Hate Mail. And we're here to bring you the first episode of The Watchtower, a series of the WROL broadcasts where we're covering a lot of DC-related TV and movies. So first off, this month, as we've all have been anticipating for a long time, we have the coming of the Aquaman movie on the 21st. And as time of this recording, it hasn't come out yet, at least not in the in the US. So what we're going to do right now is just going to talk about our hype and the what we're expecting from what we've seen on the trailers and what we like about it so far. And afterwards, we're also going to be getting into Titans, as it'll also be wrapping up at the end of this month. So first off, let's go. Let's get into Aquaman. So hey, so far in the trailers, what have you seen? What do you like? Um, I'm really excited for the movie. It looks like it's going to be good. Some of the early reviews and people that have seen it in other countries have really, really liked it. The only thing I'm a little hesitant about is those large scale wars. Sometimes it seems like movies have gotten a little lost in it. And it seems like DC movies have gotten really into having you know, these giant wars between land and sea. And I don't know the, that that part of it. I'm a little unsure about but the rest of it looks fantastic. Mira looks awesome. Black Manta looks awesome. Ocean Master looks awesome. And we all know Aquaman is a pretty cool character they've done a good job with. So I have high anticipations for this, for this to be a Marvel caliber quality movie. It's funny that you say that. A lot of people are saying that DC is trying to get on to that level to score, sort of compete with Marvel. And they th- a lot of people think that the real first step in- towards that direction was the Wonder Woman movie, right? So would, if you were to compare this movie to Wonder Woman, do you think it'd be on the same level? I hope so. The thing with DC is they've always done a great job with the trailers. I mean, when you look at some of the previous movies, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, while I didn't think those were bad movies necessarily, they didn't quite live up to the hype. Because Batman versus Superman, those trailers, that movie I thought was going to be one of the best movies of all time. Um, while I enjoyed it more than most, I would say, you know, it still didn't live up to the hype. So it's hard to say because the trailers make Aquaman look like it's going to be a phenomenal movie. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. So... When it comes to the actual stuff that we've seen in the trailer so far, a lot of things come to mind, especially the CGI, the actors, the action sequences, and basically like the whole story development and the character lines. Now, well, let's get to it one by one. Now, in terms of the CGI, in terms of the special effects, what do you think about that so far? I think that is a class quality. I mean, the CGI and special effects look phenomenal. I couldn't agree more. The way the way they show Atlantis and the way they show like the ships that they ride in on and the the way Aquaman and Mira move through the water and things like that, it really puts you in that world. It feels like it's like Star Wars underwater. You know what I mean? You get that vibe? Yeah, it, they they couldn't have done a better job with the way that looked. And I, it, there really hasn't been that many movies that have done you know, large-scale underwater scenes. I mean, there's a few of them. That, a lot of them are older, like The Abyss. So that's one of the things I'm more excited about than some of the other things, just because you really haven't seen like an underwater world, especially in a superhero movie yet. All right, so, I mean, the next thing to look at are the actors. So, I mean, obviously, we all know Jason Momoa is probably killing it right now in terms of social media. <laughs> Everyone loves him as Aquaman, and I think that he definitely fills the right role. Uh, I wonder if he's going to become that sort of jaded, pessimistic, sort of uh, dark Aquaman, that dark Arthur Curry that we know from the Justice League series, or if he just stays sort of that friendly, happy-go-lucky Aquaman. But the other characters I'm really interested in are the development of Mira through with Amber Heard's character and uh, Atlanta with Nicole Kidman. And the trainer, the guy who trained Aquaman to swim... Uh, I can't remember his name right now. 
William Defoe. I was I'm the last person in the world. I can't even remember you guys' names, much less <laughs> <laughs> movie character names. I was surprised that William Defoe was in the movie. So and then when they showed them it's like, oh, this is where he he taught me to swim, right? It's like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. The the sequence that I was really interested in that I was really caught up in on the trailers were the scenes where you see Nicole Kidman fighting people in a house, right? That looked really cool. So I wonder if they actually put her through enough like stunt choreography and, and all that, but other than what's hilarious is I didn't even know that was Nicole Kidman. I recognize the name, but I didn't recognize what was her. <laughs> um, I mean, are you hyped for any specific characters or just Aquaman? Um, there's nothing not to like about Mira. Yeah, Mira looks great, and I like their chemistry. Like the uh, the chemistry between Mira and Arthur in the was it like the Egyptian ruins scene, like sort of Indiana Jones type of place. You know, Mira was one of those characters that in the comics I I always liked, but I never really got that excited for. But the the movie, they've done such a good job with her that she's really become a character that I've really become fascinated with. I like sort of that passive comedic thing that she has. She's not like outwardly funny the way Jason Momoa is, but she does stuff that makes him react to her that makes her funny, right? Like she just jumps out of a plane randomly and she just like takes care of the situation where he's like, oh, I could have peed on that. <laughs> yeah, that 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 line was really funny. I hope there's, they're, hopefully they're doing a good job of straddling the comedy with the action like right. like the marvel movies have done such a good job and i think the marvel movies almost went too far in the comedy side so i'm hoping dc kind of stays a slightly more dark yeah. like they've like they've kind of been their niche yeah now a bit of a spoiler for uh for basically everybody who hasn't watched the movie yet obviously um but from the from the the actual event that's going on right now with the um, the second part of the ocean master uh hero challenge like the storyline in there shows that like basically Manta's up to no good and he's the one sort of like coaxing Ocean Master into sort of dis- disrupting that whole thing with the with the Atlanteans, right? But I actually didn't know that Manta was a human. I thought he was Atlantean. So, did you know much about that? Yeah, I mean in the comics he's always been human. I didn't know that. So that's- his son now. His son is Atlantean, right? Which I didn't understand. I don't remember. I I'm not as well versed on Aquaman comics. I've read more of the more recent stuff than the older stuff, but I, I, I barely know anything about it. The only reason why I know that his son is Atlantean is because his son's a Young Justice. He's basically the Aquaman, like he's like the mini Aquaman, right? The Aqualad guy. So he's like he's basically like Aquaman, but he's yeah, I think he's he's half breed because it's human mixed with Atlantean. I'm pretty sure that's probably what it is then. Alrighty. Well, I hope that uh, that hero challenge didn't spoil too much for the movie, and then that. But I wonder if that's actually the case. That it's going to be one big showdown between Ocean Master Aquaman and against Manta. But we'll see. I guess the next part will be lots of spoilers with Titans. So anybody who hasn't seen Titans yet and don't want to be spoiled, you might want to just cut off at this point. Yeah. Maybe. And then come back to it after you've seen it. Fair enough. Warning. We're going to get right into Titans right now. So before we get into it, uh, we'll just let you know that uh, Hate has uh, been spending some time catching up with the episodes, and he's currently finished episode seven, which is Asylum. So we'll talk up to episode seven, and then for the rest of it, we'll actually I haven't seen Asylum yet. That's oh, I'm okay. I need to watch Asylum. Okay, so up to episode six then, which was let me see here the Jason Todd. Jason Todd. All right, so we'll talk up to the Jason Todd episode, and then the rest of it we'll cover in the at the end of the month in the Gorilla Podcast if we have time. So before we get into each episode one by one, uh, what do you think of the whole series so far? I actually went into it with pretty low expectations. I saw the Starfire hooker drag outfit and immediately thought negatively of it. And then they also, some of the previews where the guy was saying F Batman, 
I was like, yeah, you know, this this just seems like they're trying to be edgy and it's going to be lame. And after watching just the first episode, I was hooked. And I have to say that I like Titans as much as I like Daredevil, which Daredevil is one of my favorite TV shows of all time Ooh. to compare Marvel again. I honestly think that Titan is of, of that caliber. I liked it that much. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much I liked it. And for those of you going in, you kind of got to go in with a blank, a blank slate and not compare the characters exactly to the comic because they do take a little bit of creative liberties and pull them slightly away. Like, for example, Starfire in the show, I like her character as just a character if I don't think of her as Starfire from the comics. Right. I completely get where you're coming from now. Now, before, before we get into that, I'll, just, I'll give the listeners a perspective of where I'm coming from. I'm one of those like DC fanboys in terms of the DC media that they put out there. I watch everything, like literally everything that they put out. I watch, and if it's you know um, not in, in if it's a visual thing or if it's a on TV or a movie, I watch everything. Even if it's really lame, it's got really negative reviews. I'll watch it anyways. So, but that being said, I went into Titans again like hate with low expectations because of what this for the same reasons more or less that he said, and now. I completely agree with the Starfire assessment before and after because I went into it thinking that, oh, this is going to be lame. They're going to sort of rehash her story. They're going to make it something completely different. But I really got attached to the character. I actually want to see what happens with her, right? So if you think about it, the way they pieced it out and the way they develop each character somewhat individually, it's very well written. So I'll give kudos to the writing team on that. Anyways, let's get into it then. So in the first episode, it was titled uh, Titans. Uh, basically, in this episode, you get to see pretty much everybody in the main team and they develop everybody a little bit. You see Dick Grayson as a detective in Detroit. You see um, Starfire sort of uh, waking up, finding out her name is Corey Anders in uh, Vienna, Austria, for all, of all places. Uh, you see Rachel going through this uh, sort of situation with her, uh, I guess, adoptive mother, you can call, you can call it that. And then uh, you get to, you get a little bit of a hint of a, a glimpse into who, who Beast Boy is at that time. So how did what did you think of that first episode? Cause you said that was the one that hooked you. Yeah, I mean, I was hooked right away. And, and the character I think they've done the best job with throughout the whole thing is uh, Raven, Rachel. She's they just they made her so creepy and like true to form. Like her character. You know, outside of the in the comic, she's a little different than she would be in the comic. She's a little more lighthearted. But overall, the character is just they did such a good job. And special effects in that show were, you know, top class. Yeah, I definitely got this sort of like creepy exorcist type of vibe the first time she was on screen with showing off her powers. And then every time you see her like pass through a mirror or see anything with her reflection in it, you're a bit weary of like that thing popping out at you again. Right. That's sort of um, the demon side of her trying to reach out. Right. And that aspect of it, that um, the creepiness, they really, really dug deep and made that part of her. And that's what makes her unique. They didn't sort of tone it down. They didn't try and make it PG. They didn't try and make it sort of like the Teen Titans uh, Raven. They made her a very unique character. And I agree with you. She's probably the focal point of the show. I mean, for, for good reason. Uh, probably at least for this season, right? I wonder if they're going to keep that going throughout the other seasons. But I could imagine that like it becomes more of a group thing later on. But what did you think about the way they developed uh, Dick Grayson's character? At first, I was a little... Because it, it didn't feel true to form to the comic. So I was a little kind of turned off to it at first. And then as the season grew on, it was kind of like with Starfire, where I really liked what they did with it. 
and I wanted to see more of this character. And I'm like, you know, I just kind of put out of my head, okay, this is going a little different than the comics. I mean, they followed some of it, but they still did a good job with him. I definitely agree. But I think from right from the beginning, they put him into this really dark place. They made him a bit, you know, emo. And he was trying to figure himself out. He was trying to figure out who he wants to be. I didn't really like that at first, but then I kind of see where he was going, you know, with, with what path he was going down. So I hope that he gets to the whole Nightwing path a lot faster than we think it is. Because I thought that from the way that they started it out, I thought it was going to be really drawn out. And he was going to be Robin for a long time. Um, but we'll get... Yeah, I'm glad they didn't they didn't harp on it. And that's, that's the big difference. And for those of you who had seen it yet but are listening to this anyway... It's not emo like the Flash emo from CW. It's more of a gritty, dark yeah. emo, and it's it's well done and short lived. It's not dragged out through. He's not a crybaby. Four though. seasons. <laughs> he's not a crybaby. <laughs> yeah, they, he, he, he's not. They didn't crybaby. drag it out for four seasons. <laughs> to to put it into uh, M4's words, it's a no nonsense Robin. It's a no nonsense emo Robin. So yeah, so that was pretty good. Um, so let's get to the second episode. We have Hank. Hank and Dove is the title of this episode, where we finally get to uh, see who who are these two birds of a feather, as they were introduced in the trailer for this episode. So it shows that they had some sort of a relationship with Robin, Hank and Dawn, or Hawk and Dove, really. Basically, these two these two sort of vigilante-esque characters, they're not superhuman in any way. They're just human-like, you know, Batman and Robin, except uh, they're sort of a couple, and they're paired together, and they've... A lot of people probably don't know of them unless they have a very extensive, uh, you know, DC background. And um, I had heard of them, but I didn't know who they were. But they're characters that you instantly really like and want to see more of. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like you're going to for any time soon anyway. But they're neat characters. And I really like the Dove character, Her, the actress who plays her. I don't know why. She just she draws you in quickly. For this episode, the, the one thing that I was really interested in was the nuclear family. What did you think of those guys? It's a nuclear family. I don't know why I'm blanking out. It's the family of like basically just like sort of psycho family. They get, they inject themselves and become super strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, um, <laughs> that was actually one of the things I liked most about this series because they just they're so they made they made them so creepy without like in just a very unique way. Like you just I don't know. They did such a good job with that. Yeah, the interesting thing I liked about not about the fact that they used the the nuclear family as a as an in for this episode was that they dug really deep into DC uh, canon because the, I actually had to look it up. The DC, the nuclear family is a real thing from the comics from like the 1950s or the 1960s. That's a long way back. So and they were they they did that old timey yeah. 1950s family feel and they did it so well. Yeah, that was that was explicit too. I think that was just it was just all the sort of like an homage to that that era and that you know like the golden era of comics, I guess you could say. But okay, well, I mean, enough on that episode. Get on to the third episode. We get to the episode titled Origins, and this is the episode where um, Corey is out to look for Rachel, and this is where she 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 runs into the nuclear family, and she basically blows up the blows up the dad, right? <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, that was I think that was the episode because the first episode I was like, eh, I don't know about the Starfire character. And this was the episode where you you start to you start to really like Corey and you think, okay, this character may not be quite like what Starfire is in the comics, but you become attached to this character at this point. And they do 
you know, you, you, you get to kind of see how much of a badass she is. I like- and then Raven even becomes cooler in this episode. Yeah. So this is where, like, things just sort of start taking more of a, a turn in terms of the actions and the, the, the fight scenes and the battles with with uh, all of the characters, not just Dick taking the spotlight as Robin, you know, just beating the crap out of everybody. And you also see um, Beast Boy. He actually starts to transform a little bit more and he shows them, like, what his powers are like. So you get to see Beast Boy more now, right? This is when... Uh, they did a cool job of showing his transformations, too. Like, the way he transforms looks really neat. So I hope they get over that whole, like, he has to be naked thing <laughs> really soon. All right, so leading into that, we have the well, the more of a more of a build up and the introduction to uh, Beast Boy as a character, and then that leads into Doom Patrol, which is the fourth episode. So uh, the Doom Patrol, as you ex- as you would expect for anyone who knows who the Doom Patrol are, you expect to see uh, Robot Man, uh, you would see uh, Negative Man, uh, Elastic Woman, and even the Chief. So they're all there, they're all in the house, and the way they put it into that scene that's sort of like almost x-men like mansion scene it it felt like it was really right out of the comics so i mean what do you think about that the whole <laughs> this was my favorite episode of them all and this was the one where i was like okay this is one of my new favorite shows after watching this episode because they did this episode i don't think you could have done it any better it just it flowed right in and then all the characters like you really you felt for those characters and they they did such a good job. And this was the one where because my wife's not real into these superhero shows, but occasionally she likes certain ones. She liked Daredevil a lot. She didn't really like very many of the other ones. But I was like, I think she'd actually like this episode between the darkness of Raven because she's a big Walking Dead fan and all that. But then this episode I was like, ah, you know, my, she might actually like this. this. They did this so well, especially especially Robot Man. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. Can we talk about how awesome Brendan Fraser is as Robot Man? Did you know that was Brendan Fraser? <laughs> I don't even know who Brendan Fraser is. <laughs> uh, Brendan Fraser is Tarzan. Um, he was also the Mummy, the original like guy in the Mummy before Tom Cruise. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> okay, now I know <laughs> who you're talking about. He, he was in a lot of stuff, but that's that's Brendan Fraser. He's found work again as a voice of a robot. <laughs> uh, that robot looked so cool too. I mean, that 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 was the one where I when I think about special effects, I'm like, wow, they did such a good job. And the way they did Niles Calder, the the chief. The, the they gave him that sort of arrogance and that sort of like this guy is awesome he's cool he saved everybody but he kind of makes you want to hate him type of thing right <laughs> so I like the way that they did that so they, they built on the character really well and Alasta woman sort of mystique that whole what's going on with her why isn't she coming down because she can't sort of keep herself together literally so that was uh, that was well done. I, I really like that. So I hope we can see more of them soon. And if you guys didn't already know, the Doom Patrol is going to have a spinoff, uh, I think. Oh, really? I was just about to ask you if that was they, the plan. They did confirm that. Um, actually, Joker was the one who told me about that bef- on uh, when we had him on the last Oddsman uh, podcast, whenever that was, a while back. He was the one who told me that Doom Patrol was becoming a series on the DC Universe as a spinoff of this. And what I read into that, the weird thing is that uh, the, li- the liaison between Doom Patrol and the Titans is Cyborg, who is not even introduced yet. So you would think it would be Beast Boy, right? Because he came from them. But apparently it's Cyborg. So whether Cyborg hmm. is going to be introduced in the Titans or it's gonna, or he's going to be introduced in Doom Patrol, I don't know. 
So but- you know, it's funny though. They've done such a good job with these the, with this show. I'm I'm thinking, just take the people that are doing this show. You want somebody to run the whole movie universe TV show and then cor- correspond between all of them. This is how you do it. Jeff Johns. Yeah. Jeff Johns is a great writer. He's the one who basically does most of these episodes, who writes most of these episodes and directs most of these episodes. So, you know, just just give him the the like the, the reins for a movie, and he'll do a good job. I think. Honestly, though, I don't want to take him away from this. Let's let's just keep because <laughs> with Daredevil ending and all that nonsense, you know, those, those were some of my favorite shows. But I'd much rather see DC take off and do a great job and build upon build a big universe on their app. And have, I mean, because they could eventually pull Batman in. They could pull everybody the way this is going. On that note, we were talking about Doom Patrol. We'll get into the next episode, which is called uh, Together. And this episode is where the Titans start to form their actual alliance, their actual team, right? So you have uh, Dick, Corey, uh, Gar, and Rachel showing off what they can do. And basically, to me, the best part of this episode was Dick. Dick was the one who basically got to see everyone else do what they had to do. And he was just like, I'll show you what I got to do. I'll, I'll show you what I can do later. But for the time being, just know that I can keep you guys safe. That's my job. <laughs> right. And of course, there was also the very intimate scene with Dick and Corey, <laughs> which is a very... Which we knew was coming sooner than later. Yeah, it, it had to be a thing because you know that this is... You can't be Titans without this actually happening, right? So, But what did you think about this episode, the way they're showing off their powers? It, it was a good episode. It wasn't... I mean, it wasn't as the Doom Patrol or some of the other ones, but... Still, overall, I haven't been disappointed in any of the episodes. I mean, there isn't a whole lot to say about this one. They did introduce Jason Todd right at the very end. Now, that that being said, for this episode, I think that the fight scene where where Dick shows up and as Robin for the first time in front of them and shows like, all right, this is who I am, right? And they're all like shocked. Oh, it's Robin, and he just like crushes everybody. Like they're all getting smacked around by the nuclear family. He just comes and just demolishes them, right? So, um, that. That was impressive. The thing, <laughs> yeah, it was a badass thing. And the thing I, I liked at the end was the was he 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 leaves to go find the the guy in charge of the nuclear family. And he tells he tells Starfire, "All right, don't kill them." And they ended up getting their heads blown up. And it's like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> so that was yeah, that was pretty funny. That was well written. That was just well put into place. So I liked how they they ended the scene with Jason Todd showing up. So, and on that note. The last episode that you've watched was the Jason Todd episode. So, suffice it to say, I guess you guys can understand from the title of this episode, it's about Jason Todd. So, let's get right into it. What do you think of him as a character? They, I, he was my... I think he's more true to form in the comic, and I really liked the way they portrayed his character. Like, overall, I feel like he was extremely well done. Just kind of fit exactly how you would expect. Now, did you not feel like... I, maybe this is just me, but I felt like he was a bit too young like a bit too juvenile for his role i do know that he comes to bruce wayne at a very young age like he gets uh mentored at a very young age but i felt that he was supposed to be a bit older like he felt too young for me you know what i mean he felt too i don't know like i maybe well i I think it depends on the time frame that because like if they plan to make him red hood very soon Mm -hmm. then yeah he's too young if it's supposed to be well before that then it's fine so you're supposed to give him time to sort of build up and then snap and then have something happen with the Joker, et cetera, et cetera. 
So that that whole thing is going to take many seasons, basically, right? <laughs> the only thing that uh, the end when he beat up all the cops, that kind of I was like, I felt like they were rushing him almost. But it just depends if they want to do a slow build up. Like there's two or three seasons. Joker comes in. Maybe we see Batman in the series a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, if that's they, the long term plans, then it's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. So if they're doing this sort of slow burn on it, so they're gonna they're gonna do flashbacks to when he was like the younger Robin in later later seasons. You can remember like, oh, this is when he was beating up on cops. This is when he was like doing this thing and that thing. So they can use that for future episodes. But yeah, it still felt like a bit out of place. Like he was saying how awesome it is to be Robin one at one for one minute. And then the next minute he turns around, just destroys everybody. But anyways, yeah, it was a good episode so far. Pretty good. Um, the next couple of episodes you have to catch up on. And then hopefully we'll be done by uh, by the time the podcast comes out. So What's your expectations on the series and how it'll the season and how it'll wrap up? I'm curious to see what they're doing with the whole Raven storyline. If they're going to wrap it up this season or if that's going to continue into the next one. Now, obviously, this isn't following uh, most of anything related to Raven's canon in the the storyline. Like she doesn't really have anything to do with Starfire or anything like that. Now, I've seen uh, everything up to date, and I can tell you up to this point that they haven't really cleared that up yet. So it's probably going to be in the last episode. What do you think that relationship, that whole thing between Corey's mission, Rachel, and what, how they're going to bring that all together? And are they going to form the Titans, you think? I think they probably will form them of some kind. And I think that maybe they're going to have to do something with like Rachel's dad, Demon Lord, coming entering Dragon. the universe. But I don't know. It's It's going to have to... I don't know. It's going to have to... Like they're gonna need like the Justice League to come in and help, and that that's like a giant storyline in the comics. So I don't know if they would yeah. go that far. Because it's 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 kind of weird how if you were to think of okay, they're gonna if they're gonna make Trigon show up, then are the Titans gonna take on Trigon by themselves? Because <laughs> that's a, a big undertaking, right? But anyways, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so far I have pretty good expectations for the series. I've watched all but the last episode, and I'm super hyped for the last episode. So. Um, as you can see from people posting on Reddit and people posting on YouTube, there's a lot of hype for it. I would probably advise you to not watch any trailers for the last episode until you caught up to the, to where I am now. So That is good. And I'll probably be caught up in the next day or two. I'm, I'm watching like three a day now. <laughs> it, and I just started watching them like two days ago. So. Alrighty. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there for this, uh, this segment of the Watchtower. So hopefully we'll bring you one of these each month, uh, near the end of each month. So we'll see what's going on in TV and movie related news. But otherwise, um, I guess that's it for now. Hey, mail signing off. DP0427 and hope this helps. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of WROL Broadcasts. A subsidiary of the Oddsman and We Are Legends. To view additional content and support the show, please go to patreon.com slash broadcasts.